It can be for people who are in crisis or someone who is caring for someone in crisis. And essentially what we'll do is we'll connect you to the care line. Tonight on the KRBD Evening Report, a three-digit suicide prevention hotline will soon be available to Alaskans. Alaska natives in Sitka are preparing for a cultural celebration in Juneau. And students in Juneau celebrated books through cakes. Those stories and more coming up. First, a look at the local weather. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with lows around 50 degrees and light winds. Mostly cloudy Wednesday, highs in the mid-60s, south winds to 10 miles per hour. Mostly cloudy Wednesday night, lows in the mid-40s and light winds. Partly sunny skies Thursday with cloudy skies Thursday night, highs in the mid-60s, lows in the mid-40s and light winds. You're listening to the KRBD Evening Report. I'm your host, Maria Dudzak. Alaskans will soon be able to reach a suicide prevention hotline by calling a three-digit number instead of a 10-digit number. Starting July 16th, calls to 988 will go to the CARE Line, Alaska's suicide hotline. It's part of a national effort to establish one suicide hotline number across the country. At a public health presentation last Wednesday, Chief Medical Officer Dr. Ann Zink said it will provide an alternative to 911 for people experiencing mental health emergencies. It can be for people who are in crisis or someone who is caring for someone in crisis. And essentially what we'll do is we'll connect you to the care line. Zink also thanked communities like Fairbanks, where 911 and 988 teams are working together to coordinate responses to mental health emergencies. 911 and 988 are working together and sometimes can even dispatch mental health providers uh, in, in lieu of um, police or EMS to be able to respond to mental health crises, not just physical crises. Until 988 is active on July 16th, to reach the care line, Alaskans can call 877-266-HELP. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-TALK. This June marks the 40th anniversary of Celebration, a biennial four-day event based in Juneau, celebrating Tlingit, Haida, and Simshian culture. In preparation for this year's festivities, young tribal citizens in Sitka took part in an afternoon regalia workshop crafting their own robes, vests, and headbands. KCAW's Tosh Kimmel reports. Okay, so these need to be ironed, and then you pick your felt. It's a sunny Saturday morning in Sitka, a coveted occurrence in the otherwise rainy southeast community. In the basement of Blatchley Middle School, a small group of Sitka students is busy measuring, cutting, and sewing. For these kids, today is about honoring their culture through the age-old tradition of regalia making even if that means missing out on the sunshine. We're not making you work away on a Saturday. We're, we're here celebrating our culture, um, and we're very excited to help you guys and um, teach you how to do that. That's Claire Hill. She's one of a handful of parents and cultural educators who put together the workshop in preparation for Juno's upcoming celebration. The different types of regalia we're going to be focusing on today uh, will have vests, uh, those are usually used not really for dancing so much or performing, but they're used really as an expression of who you are. The robes are really used mostly for performances, and it's a, a reflection more of who your family is. Um, a little bit of who you are as an ind individual, but you're representing your family, um, and that's going to be 
visually expressed on your robe. While attendees will walk away with their own vest, robe, or headband, Hill says the workshop is about more than just the tangible pieces of regalia. The person that's wearing the regalia is really for them to to showcase who they are, the family they come from, the people that they are from. Regalia is something that we must respect. It's a part of our history. It has symbols of our different clans. So it's something that's very honored and it's very respected. As someone who came to regalia making later in life, Hill has made a point to include it in the upbringing of her own child. I want it to just be what he knows. It's his normal to be very proud to wear his regalia. And I think that's really important as far as um, establishing self-confidence. It's, it's very important for me and a lot of other parents that I talk to. Kids mill around the classroom, eagerly taking measurements, cutting fabric, and picking out the form line drawings they'll use in their creations. For middle schooler Jason Miller, this was his first time making a robe. I'm Yanyedi. My Klingit name is Kishua. Um, I'm going to have a um, red wolf design and then a red border. The main color is going to be blue. Do you want to like, show her your design? Yeah, my design's over there. It's going to be a wolf. Did you make that? Um, no, I just found it over there. The group will meet once more to finish their pieces, and later this summer, they'll proudly display them at Celebration, where, with any luck, the sun will be shining. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Tosh Kimmel. Memorial Day weekend for many means picnics and the beginning of serious summer weather. In Sitka, however, it's the beginning of serious sports fishing with the kickoff of the 67th annual Sitka Salmon Derby. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. This is actually the 66th go-round for the Sitka Salmon Derby, which began in 1956, but like just about everything, was forced to take a break during the 2020 pandemic. Derby chairman John McCrayan is expecting things to be back to normal this year. I'm doing good. The barge is almost ready to go. Uh, I hook up the water line and I think I'll be ready for business. Selling tickets. Those tickets are $5 more than last year to cover some higher costs. That's about the only change in the event, which will otherwise have the usual boundaries from roughly Salisbury Sound in the north to Crawfish Inlet in the south. As in the past, way stations will be moored in Kalinan Bay and in Goddard Bay. The Derby runs the three days of Memorial Day weekend, May 28th, 29th, and 30th, and the two days of the following weekend, June 4th and 5th, for a total of five days of fishing. The split format of the Derby always creates a bit of tension since the leading fish as of 7 p.m. on Memorial Day could be unseated the following weekend. That's what happened last year when Patrick Davis's 35-pound, 8-ounce king was knocked out of the lead by Charlie Skulka Sr.'s 36-pound, 8-ounce fish, which went on to claim the $5,000 prize. McCrayan is happy to see the kings coming in a bit larger again after a couple of low years in 2018 and 2019. We're getting going in the right direction. He was 36.8. year before was... 31-2. So we're hoping to see some big ones this year. 
talked to a couple people that are out there, and they, one guy had a 30-pound, so we know they're there. The biggest fish of the 2021 Derby was landed by someone who wasn't a Derby contestant. Gary Oynes, a local charter captain, stopped by the Derby barge in Crescent Harbor last year just to have a fish weighed. It came in at 48 pounds. It would have been the clear winner in both the daily weight and overall weight categories and worth $6,000. But Oynes didn't have a ticket, and you can't buy one retroactively. I'm sure he'll buy one this year, said McCrayan. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Students at Thunder Mountain High School in Juneau celebrated their favorite books through cake last week. It was part of an end-of-the-year project for their AP literature class. But as KTOO's Bridget Dowd reports, to at least one student, the celebration was about more than a letter in the grade book. Make sure you have the title of your novel somewhere so that they can identify which novel it goes with. From cake pop pig heads to edible dinosaur cakes, the Thunder Mountain Library was sweeter than usual on Tuesday. Long wooden tables were covered in colorful baked goods and pieces of paper giving context for each one. Thunder Mountain senior Abigail Sparks was standing with her friends admiring her creation, a chocolate cake shaped like a T-Rex with a little something extra. I've always been obsessed with Jurassic Park, both the movies and the books and just the overall science behind it. I ended up making a peach mango jello bowl thing with a mosquito in it to represent the amber, which is where all this stuff in Jurassic Park really just comes from. In the story, scientists mine for amber to find mosquitoes and other blood-sucking insects that were trapped inside. They use dinosaur blood preserved in the mosquitoes for cloning. I found this awesome like fishbowl looking thing on a wood plaque and what I did is I had originally only bought two boxes of jello but it ended up being like four and a half boxes of jello to be to fill the whole thing and then to get the mosquito in there what I did is I took some um, I took laminator plastic and I painted a mosquito inside the plastic and then laminated the plastic so that it would seal the acrylic paint in there. Sparks will be attending the University of Alaska Fairbanks in the fall to study geology and paleontology. Sparks hopes to eventually work with fossils at a museum or do field research like excavating and dig work. Sparks says she wouldn't call herself a baker, but she does love watching the Great British Bake Off. It's like all boxed, like pre-made boxed cake, so it's like, you know, you just buy like the, the Betty Crocker like boxed cake mix and the, the pre-made frosting and like... I will say I did make the modeling chocolate from scratch, which was difficult, but the fondant and like the frosting and stuff was just me mixing dyes together and calling it a day. I, I can cook, but I can't bake. It took her about 10 hours spread out over several days to complete the project. Her cake was one of many created for a final project in Corrine Marx's AP literature class. It's all seniors and it's their last semester, so you know, let's have a little fun and celebrate with cake. Marx asked her students to choose a novel they read in high school and represent a scene, theme, or symbol from the book with cake. She calls it the great literature bake-off. It's been fun to watch their process and their ideas and some of the crazy creativity that's come out. After judging was complete, the class ate their projects. For Sparks and the other students in her class, more than half of their high school career has been disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been an odd experience because I I guess I expected more from my high school career, but it's nice to have like a semi-normal senior year to be able to just 
put everything to a close and move on to the next chapter. Graduation for Thunder Mountain students will be held on Sunday, May 29th at 7 p.m. The Juno Douglas High School Yada Atkle graduation will be on the same day at 4 p.m. In Juno, I'm Bridget Dowd. That's all for tonight's edition of the KRBD Evening Report. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Maria Dudzak.